Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. Well, the November 8th election is coming quickly as the weather is beginning to turn here in Northeast Ohio, actually throughout the Midwest, as they, they have forecasted a difficult and hard winter, and it looks like it's making its early appearance uh, with a cold snap overnight over the last few days. Uh, many of you are aware of that, of course. But as we uh, get closer to the November 8th election, of course, uh, so much is at stake with this election. And, of course, this is the all-important midterm elections. Mr. Biden has been in office now for two years with the Democrats in control of the U.S. House of Representatives and the U.S. Senate. And they have passed a radical socialist uh, agenda with a lot of spending that has caused inflation to skyrocket over 40-year highs. Many of you are filling the pinch. You're filling it at the grocery store, at the gas pump, and across the board with expenditures of your household at the same time uh, reports are that household income has decreased over the same period of time. So it is a double hit for all of us out here in Midland America as uh, Washington seems to ignore uh, the voices of, uh, of us and they just run with their radical agenda and their wild spending on really ridiculous programs. We're going to continue our candidate forum tonight with uh, talking with a congressional candidate in the 9th Congressional di District. His name is J.R. Majewski, and he is a new candidate, and he is going against Marcy Capture, who is a long-term congresswoman from that area. However, the district has been redrawn. I want to draw your attention, before we get started with our interview, to the Ohio Christian Alliance website. For over the years, we have provided a nonpartisan voter guide where we have served surveyed both uh, candidates of Democrat and Republican in any given race. And we start with uh, the U.S. Senate race, congressional, statewide races, Ohio House, Ohio Senate. We even have information about the state Supreme Court. For the first uh, year on the ballot, you'll be able to determine what their party affiliation is. And so that's very helpful to people. Over the years, people have asked us, I don't know anything about these judges. And what party affiliation do they have? Did they fill out the survey? Well, they didn't fill out the survey but you will be able to tell who the Democrats are and who the Republicans are. And if, uh, quite honestly, there's a one-seat majority of the Republicans currently on the state Supreme Court, and if it gets swung to the Democrats, uh, projections are it's going to be a very radical court, an activist liberal court. So you want to pay close attention to the Ohio Supreme Court races. That's all in our voter guide. If you go to our website, Ohio Christian Alliance, just uh, search that or look up ohioca.org. Click on the icon of the voter guide. All 11 pages will come up uh, in your browser. Also, we have some helpful tools there. You view your sample ballot. So if you click on that, it takes you to the Secretary of State's website and feature that if you put in your address, uh, you'll be able to view and review your sample ballot of what you're going to get on Election Day or before you vote. That's always very helpful. Also, if you're confused about what new district you're in, there's a link on our website, too, that says Find My Districts. Again, that's a link that goes quickly to the Secretary of State's website to a feature that if you put in your address, you'll be able to find your address. Your address will come up with a map. So all that said, let's go to our guest. This is J.R. Majewski. He is a candidate for the 9th Congressional District. Uh, and, of course, he will be on the November 8th ballot. 
JR, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, sir. Can you hear me? We can hear you just fine. Thanks for coming right. on today. Oh, I'm, it's, it's definitely, definitely um, uh, beneficial to me for, for being on, and I just want to thank you and, and your organization for everything that you do, not only for the state of Ohio, but for the country. Well, thank you, JR. We appreciate that. Well, you were one of uh, five of the uh, re- uh, responses on the congressional side. So there are 15 new congressional districts. You're running in District 9 against Marcy Kaptur. Your opponent, Marcy Kaptur, the current uh, congresswoman, did not fill out the Ohio Christian Alliance candidate survey, but you did. And to your credit, and you have listed your positions of the, uh, of the 12 positions that we have listed, which include eliminating all federal funding of Planned Parenthood, uh, you support eliminating all federal funding of Planned Parenthood. Uh, also, we have um, on here about uh, re- uh, banning or prohibiting abortion when a heartbeat is detected or supporting the heartbeat law. Uh, you support mm-hmm. that. Uh, so that's important for our listeners to know where you stand on these all-important issues. Also, issue two, uh, which is legislation to protect the tax status of churches and religious institutions ensuring religious free exercise and free speech rights. Uh, You support that style of legislation. We certainly appreciate that. But, uh, J.R., you've served in the U.S. military. You served um, during the uh, War on on Terror, uh, the Global Mm -hmm. War on Terror, uh, as my son uh, also served. He served in Iraq. Uh, You served supporting Afghanistan and the troops there in the Air Force. Uh, You've come back home. You're running for office. Tell us why that you're running for Congress. Well, Chris, you know, I decided to run because I found myself um, being a little upset with the ongoings of our federal government. And, you know, when I decided to run, the district here in the ninth was what would be commonly thought of as an impossible to win. It was a Democratic plus 16, which meant that, you know, it lent, it, it leaned highly Democrat. And, you know, that that's served Marcy Kaptur very well over the past know, 40 years. But, um, you know, I decided to run because I was, again, tired of what was going on. And I found myself wondering why our elected officials weren't necessarily uh, serving the people. Instead, it, it appeared to me as if, you know, we had a, a, a strong um, group of, of Republicans that could be standing up for issues. And then, you know, they weren't and they weren't fighting the good fight, uh, you know, at the right times. And it appeared as if they you know, they wanted more media attention for, you know, their individual selves than they did to uh, solve issues. And, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've developed quite a, a successful career professionally. And, um, you know, I know how to solve complex issues. I run to challenges. And, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say that I love to fight in, in the manner that it would be or in the context in, in which it might be taken. But, you know, I love helping people. And I like to, you know, um, not tell people why we can't help them, but you know how we can. And I think our 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 representatives, especially here in the ninth with Marcy Kaptur, the people that have lived here for the past forty years, haven't truly experienced representation as it was designed by our founding fathers. And I wanted to at least shake the trees and get Republicans excited uh, to to run. And then you know, as God would have it, the the district uh, changed to an R plus three, which made it uh, a Republican leaning district. And so, you know, we, we fought a really good primary and, um, you know, the people uh, elected me over to sitting state elected officials. And uh, it's been a, 
you know, ever since we won the primary, it's been a constant uh, battle with Marcy and the dirty politics that her and the Democratic Party are employing right now. We're talking with J.R. Majewski. He is a candidate in the 9th Congressional District. Uh, you'll be able to see that district on the Ohio Christian Alliance website. Uh, it stretches along the shores of Lake Erie and starts uh, just uh, portions of uh, Lorain County and all the way to Wood County. And you want to take that in as to where the 9th Congressional District is. And J.R. will be on the ballot in November, November 8th, which is coming very quickly. And early voting has already started. You know, J.R., most of our listeners, of course, are traditionalists. They vote on Election Day. There's a few folks, and some are elderly, that take the opportunity to vote uh, absentee. But for the uh, lion's share of conservative voters, social conservative voters, they still like the traditional Election Day, as I do as well. Of course, early voting or absentee balloting uh, in the past was when someone actually had a family emergency, was going to be out of town, uh, there was, or they were incapacitated that they could not uh, physically get to the uh, polls. Uh, it was a very limited um, exercise, but then uh, the legislature and Democrats pushed for uh, broad early voting. And, uh, of course, we can only... Uh, Concern, you know, consider ourselves concern ourselves with to why that is. When you have uh, at one point we had nearly 38 days of early voting. Now it's been uh, 30 days of early voting. Excuse me. Now it's been narrowed down to think something like 28 or 27 days of early voting. Um, we some of us would like to see it reduced to just two weeks of early voting. You know, for those who argued back in 2004 when President Bush won a second term by winning Ohio. Uh, they were blaming uh, then-Secretary of State Ken Blackwell that uh, that they didn't have equal access to the polls and this kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny how the Democrats now are pointing at the Republicans about election deniers of the 2020 outcome. Uh, they've been election deniers for as long as I can remember. I mean, it's been <laughs> 2004, any time that they've lost, okay? And so it's funny. You'll have to play the tape. It's funny how they have amnesia when it comes to those things. Uh, but anyways, this has been a very spirited prime, you know, election season with the primary. In fact, in Ohio, we had two primaries. And I think, to your credit, like you said, you began to run this race when it, the district was the old district, which favored the Democrat, and you just happened to be sitting there as a person running on principle when the districts were redrawn that it went to a plus-three district. So you weren't an opportunist. You were, you were running on principle. I think that speak to that, if you would, for a minute. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, and I still run the race today um, based on, you know, I, I always keep the the perspective that, you know, how would I want the candidate for either party to behave? What would I want them to do, um, both on the campaign trail, but, you know, with respect to their media, what, what they're communicating to voters, how they're reaching out, and what they plan on doing when they get to Washington, D.C.? And a lot of these candidates go out and they make a lot of promises. And then when they get to Washington, they don't they don't execute. And sometimes it's because, you know, they they understood that they, you know, they had to make promises to the constituents. But, you know, some people just are willing to say whatever you know needs to be said to garner those votes where, you know, I believe that, you know, when when you're campaigning, it should be a tour of listening and understanding the issues that are coming from the people. What are they concerned about? And you know, maintaining that posture and maintaining that perspective for me has allowed me to resonate with the people that I meet and develop individual stories with everyone. You know, not not being the JR that they see on TV or the JR that they hear about on the radio, but the JR that they meet 
in person or the JR that their friends tell them about. And that strategy has been very successful. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I've made a bunch of commitments and a bunch of promises because I know that when I get to Washington, D.C., that things are going to be they're going to be totally different than what I anticipate. So, you know, what I want to do is commit to everyone in the district that I'm going to you know, represent them in Washington, D.C. as by design. And, uh, you know, I won't lie to them and say that that I can do X, Y or Z because, you know, you never know if you can, you know, if you're able to accomplish that. But what I can promise them is that, you know, my commitment to represent them uh, regardless of the outcome nationally. We're talking with J.R. Majewski. He is a candidate for the 9th Congressional District. He is a Republican running against Marcy Capture, the Democrat, in the 9th Congressional District. He'll be on the November 8th ballot. J.R., not only did the districts change during the time in which you filed for Congress, in which uh, when you first filed it was the advantage to the Democrat as the districts were, were originally drawn, but then when they were redrawn because of the census, and the new districts have to, had to be redrawn, and we lost a congressional seat. And then it advantaged the Republican by three percentage points, uh, at least on paper. Uh, the issues have changed a little bit uh, during the campaign as well. Here's a couple of examples. So, for instance, um, one of the questions that we have, and you've answered in the affirmative, and which we appreciate as a, as a Christian organization, issue 11 uh, that we have on our voter guide, Parental Rights Act clarifying that the right of parents to direct the upbringing of their children shall include their education, health care, discipline, and religious training. Of course, you support that. You, you support parental rights. We appreciate that. That's our view. Well, we saw just in the last few days in Virginia where Democrats have introduced legislation. Uh, I think they are in the uh, minority now, and there's a Republican governor. But yet, nevertheless, it's legislation that's been introduced in the state of Virginia that uh, when it came to transitioning children, minors, that if parents objected, that they could be held in contempt of the law. J.R., I never thought we'd come to a time in our nation like this that even such a thing would be suggested by people, making parents the criminal if they wanted to enter, uh, you know, if the school was trying to transition their child from one sex identity to another. Uh, your thoughts on that? You know, it's it's quite obvious that there's an overreach by the government, and it's unfortunate that it's happening in in a, in a state like Virginia with uh, Governor Yunkin. But you know, I believe that he will he will block that. And uh, like every other good conservative that's out there, you know, we truly and and firmly believe that families make the best decisions regarding their children, uh, with respect to both their health, their education, their welfare, and not the government. And you know, we need to stand strong behind parents and we need to empower them. Enough is enough. I mean, Republicans have have uh, been a little bit uh, passive aggressive over the past few years. But when it comes down to, uh, you know, the government uh, trying to influence and, and essentially change the um, the family dynamic with respect to a direct impact on our kids sexuality, you know, that's crossing the line. And uh, that's where Congress at the federal level needs to stand firm. We need to protect our kids, and the government should not be the perpetrator, absolutely should not be the perpetrator. Another issue that has come up, of course, uh, during the time of the Democrats controlling Congress is about uh, gun uh, control or uh, basically lessening our Second Amendment freedoms and liberties in this country. And one of the questions we've long surveyed on, it's just been one of the survey questions we never actually published it as we did this year, 
uh, because it was so remote of a possibility that uh, there were other pressing issues that we listed in the voter guide. And I'm talking about issue 12 in our voter guide. It's called Federal Registration of Firearms and Licensing of Gun Owners. And we're talking about federal registration and licensing of gun owners. Uh, the, the federal government has no business doing that, has never in, in our free nation, in our Second Amendment, the right of the people to keep and to bear arms. However, there has been legislation introduced in the U.S. Congress by Democrats, liberal Democrats, and it's gotten co-sponsorship. Uh, so we have to put this down because the the Biden administration has actually spoken in favor of such legislation. Your thoughts about federal registration of firearms and licensing of gun owners? Yeah, I think I think we have a license to carry uh, firearms, and that comes by way of our Second Amendment rights. I mean, this is just another example of our government um, encroaching upon our, our our rights as citizens of the United States, and you know our constitutional rights were instituted to protect all of every American and, uh, you know, in accordance, not only with federal law, but, but natural law. And this is another example where the Biden administration by way of Nancy Pelosi and a uh, Congress that's run amok is trying to push laws, you know, through the, uh, through the legislation that, that are, that will limit us and, uh, and slowly but surely take away every freedom that we have. And I believe firmly without the second amendment, and we don't have any other rights. I mean, that, that is what bounds everything else. Also a question that we ask, giving amnesty to illegal immigrants in the United States. Do you support giving amnesty to illegal immigrants in the United States? I do not, no. And our southern border is just an invasion during the last two years of the Biden administration. Uh, over uh, several million illegal illegals have crossed over the border, not just from Central America and Mexico, uh, but also from uh, international um, illegals as well. In fact, it's a home security threat uh, with these uh, uh, folks with this invasion that's going on uh, during the Biden administration. It's just an outrage. Your thoughts on mm -hmm. the... Um, unsecured border, uh, southern border, and what's going on with that. Your thoughts on that? Well, Chris, I believe that, you know, the United States must have a secure border, and we need to stop illegal immigration. And if that means building a wall, that's what we need to do. But we cannot stop at just building the wall. Uh, there are programs out there that could be um, considered uh, mandatory for use of all of our businesses, such as E-Verify. And we need to end chain migration. We need to end all of our refugee and asylum fraud, our visa overstays, and Congress needs to fight any attempt by the federal government to offer any legal presence, war permits, or amnesty to any illegal aliens. I mean, we are a country of immigrants. My family, I mean, you can tell with my great Polish last name that, uh, you know, my family migrated to the United States, but we did so legally. And no American wants to, um, you know, crawl into this space of nationalism where we're not, you know, interacting with you know, other countries and other citizens across the world. But, um, you know, America is the home of the brave, land of the free, home of the brave for a reason. People want to come here because of the freedoms that we have, and they should want to, and we should want them to want to, but we should also make sure that they do so legally. It's, it's really about law and order. Also, uh, another issue on our voter guide, and by the way, for the listeners, if you go to the Ohio Christian Alliance website, and you click on the voter guide, 11 pages will come up. On page two is the congressional candidates, 
And uh, again, J.R. Majewski is running in the 9th Congressional District. He's listed there with his responses. Unfortunately, Miss Miss Kaptur did not respond, and so you can see all the positions that J.R. has in the Ohio Christian Alliance Voter Guide, and we appreciate that. Uh, so you support a constructing a fence along the entire U.S.-Mexico border uh, to stop the flow of illegal immigrants entering the United States. That's our position as well. Well, just a minute here in closing, Jr. tell us again uh, where people can follow your candidacy and your website, and uh, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. You can uh, follow me on all forms of social media, either J.R. Majewski or J.R. Majewski for Congress. And my website is J.R. Majewski, it's M-A-J-E-W-S-K-I, the number four, congress.com. And so in these last uh, couple weeks before the election, what's the campaign doing? What are you doing? Just getting out there and meeting with voters, as many as possible? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of it we're, you know, I'm spending the days making uh, donation calls. We still have a couple weeks left, and, uh, you know, maintaining our presence on on the uh, TV and radio is something that's crucial to us, especially when Marcy Kaptur has millions of dollars being funneled into her campaign by Nancy Pelosi. Um, but outside of that, we're, you know, we're having uh, campaign activities every night. Um, we're, voter contact is very, very important to me, like I said. Uh, we're phone banking, and we're doing door-to-door every day. You know, that area there has been a time of surprises as well. And I can remember a friend of mine, Steve, who ran for state representative against the uh, chairman of the Democratic Party at the time, and nobody gave him a chance. But uh, he came out a winner one night. He was with us on our issues. He was a good Christian man, and uh, he won. And so uh, one never knows what may come out of uh, an election night of the 9th Congressional District. Again, we're talking with J.R. Majewski running against Marcy Kaptur, longtime-serving congresswoman in the 9th Congressional District. Uh, but it's all up to the, vi- the voters as they go out on Election Day. J.R., thanks so much for being my guest today. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you having me, and God bless. God bless you, too, sir. Thank you very much. Hey, again, that's J.R. Majewski, and you can follow his uh, campaign as well as you search his name, and I'm sure that uh, you'll be able to find his website and follow uh, his campaign in the coming days. Well, as we continue, we're going to uh, talk to Pastor Al. This is an interview we conducted last week, and we want to let you folks know about Veterans Day in Washington, D.C. at the World War II Memorial. We are going to have the D-Day Prayer Edition celebration, and that's going to be a service that we'll have at 11.30 a.m. in Washington, D.C. at the World War II Memorial. At 9 o'clock will be the traditional Veterans Day service, and then our service will follow at 11.30. We'll also have a War Memorials Tour with Bill Fetter. It's going to be a great time, and you can actually register for the bus. And if you go to ddayprayerproject.org, that's the website, ddayprayerproject.org, And you can uh, register to be with us on the charter bus and the hotel accommodations there. Uh, Bob France will be our MC. We're going to have a great time. So uh, look that up at ddayprayerproject.org. We're going to celebrate this major victory of adding FDR's D-Day prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. on Veterans Day of this year. Don't miss it. Thanks so much for listening. Stand by. We'll be right back. God bless.
Join us on Veterans Day in Washington, D.C. at the World War II Memorial for the celebration of the D-Day Prayer Edition. The edition of this prayer will be a lasting tribute to all our veterans who serve us in time of war and peace. This is Chris Long of the Ohio Christian Alliance inviting you to join author and historian Bill Fetter, Senator Rob Portman, World War II reenactors, and radio host Bob France on Friday, November 11th at 11.30 a.m. at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. After the celebration, Bill Fetter will lead a war memorials tour. It will be a time to honor our veterans and celebrate our great nation. For more information, visit ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. Sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance. In the Army National Guard, soldiers serve part-time and close to home. My community means everything to me. It helps shape me into who I am today and is where I choose to raise my own family. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from. And as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The education benefits I got from serving helped me get my degree and jumpstart my career. The training and leadership skills I've gained from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people, help my neighbors, and look out for my community. I know that when my neighbors need us the most, my fellow soldiers and I will be ready. My family loves it here, and my part-time service means we get to stay here. Serve part-time in the community you live in as a proud member of the Army National Guard. Talk to your local recruiter or visit nationalguard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard, aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. The following is a previously aired broadcast. And we're back, and we're going to be talking about the D-Day Prayer Project and, of course, the D-Day Prayer Edition celebration on Veterans Day at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. That's this Veterans Day, uh, November 11th, that's a Friday, at 11.30 a.m., we'll be gathered at the World War II Memorial for a celebration, and we want you to join us. In fact, we're going to have radio host Bob France will be our MC. Author and historian Bill Fetter will be with us. In fact, Bill's going to be leading, after the ceremony, a war memorials tour of the World War II Memorial, the Circle Remembrance where the prayer is being added, the Vietnam War Memorial, the Lincoln Memorial, and the Korean War Memorial. And that's going to be a whole afternoon event, and he's going to be giving like a 20-minute-plus presentation of each of the stops, and it's going to be a great time to be together. Now, we have charter buses. We have, uh, so you can join us by way of charter bus, and also uh, we have some hotels, so there's a uh, a sign-up for that. We're gonna, uh, Pastor Al is going to give us the details here in a little bit. Also, Senator Portman, who is a sponsor of the World War II Memorial Prayer Act, which is S-1044 that passed Congress in 2014 and was signed into law. And many of you know we've been working all that time to raise the funding to construct the prayer as a permanent addition. For the last three years, we've had a temporary prayer plaque at the Circle Remembrance. A few years ago, I asked the senator, I said, Senator, can't we just at least have a sign that says future site thereof, right, <laughs> where the prayer's going to be at? He said, I think we could do better than that. Why don't we have a prayer plaque there? And I said, that would be awesome. And that's exactly what we did. For the last three years, from July 2019 to July of this year, 
right when it wasn't taken down until they began the construction, put up the fences and started uh, with the equipment to add uh, the enhancement of the circle remembrance and adding the major and permanent plaque of FDR's D-Day prayer that he prayed with the nation on the day of the D-Day landings. We used to say the morning thereof, but actually... He went to the airwaves at about uh, 9.58 p.m., and uh, he said the following. Listen carefully. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. My fellow Americans, last night when I spoke with you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that troops of the United States and our allies were crossing the channel in another and greater operation. It has come to pass with success thus far. And so, in this poignant hour, I ask you to join with me in prayer. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. Lead them straight and true. Give strength to their arms, stoutness to their hearts, steadfastness in their faith. They will need thy blessings. Their road will be long and hard. For the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces. Success may not come with rushing speed, but we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace and by the righteousness of our cause, our sons will triumph. They will be sore tried by night and by day without rest until the victory is won. The darkness will be rent by noise and flame. Men's souls will be shaken with the violences of war. For these men are lately drawn from the ways of peace They fight not for the lust of conquest. They fight to end conquest. They fight to liberate. They fight to let justice arise and tolerance and goodwill among all thy people. They yearn but for the end of battle, for their return to the haven of home. Some will never return. Embrace these, Father, and receive them, thy heroic servants, into thy kingdom. And for us at home, fathers, mothers, children, wives, sisters, and brothers of brave men overseas, whose thoughts and prayers are ever with them. Help us, almighty God, 
to rededicate ourselves in renewed faith in thee in this hour of great sacrifice. Many people have urged that I call the nation into a single day of special prayer. But because the road is long and the desire is great, I ask that our people devote themselves in a continuance of prayer as we rise to each new day and again when each day is spent let words of prayer be on our lips invoking thy help to our efforts give us strength to strengthen our daily tasks to redouble the contributions we make in the physical and the material support of our armed forces. And let our hearts be stout to wait out the long travel, to bear sorrows that may come, to impart our courage unto our sons, wheresoever they may be. And, O oh Lord, give us faith Give us faith in thee, faith in our sons, faith in each other, faith in our united crusade. Let not the keenness of our spirit ever be dulled. Let not the impacts of temporary events, of temporal matters of but fleeting moment, let not these deter us in our unconquerable purpose. With thy blessing, we shall prevail over the unholy forces of our enemy. Help us to conquer the apostles of greed and racial arrogances. Lead us to the saving of our country and with our sister nations into a world unity that will spell a sure peace, a peace invulnerable to the schemings of unworthy men, and a peace that will let all men live in freedom, reaping the just rewards of their honest toil. Thy will be done, almighty God. Amen. Once lost in history, but no more. It will be a permanent addition at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. Join us on Veterans Day, Friday, November 11th at 1130 a.m. at the World War II Memorial as we will be celebrating this prayer's edition. Now, the prayer may not be completed by that time. They're telling us early December, but the reason why we're having it on Veterans Day is because we're going to have some World War II veterans with us, and we're going to have a great ceremony with 
Bob France and Bill Fetter and Senator Portman. We have music and we have a reenactment company that's coming. They have over 30 members of their re, uh, World War II reenactors that will be with us as our honor guard. And we'll be having a, a great time together and then a tour of the monuments in Washington together. You don't want to miss this. And in fact, you can sign up on our website, ddayprayerproject.org, or go to also the Ohio Christian Alliance website. There's a link there, Ohio Christian Alliance or ddayprayerproject.org. Just click on the link and let us know that you want to uh, be part of the bus trip and we'll make sure that you get that registration form. So the cost is $235. That's uh, You'll leave on Thursday at 11 a.m. from Wadsworth, Ohio, on the bus, and you'll go to Washington. You'll stay at the Holiday Inn that night just outside of Washington. It include, The cost includes your bus trip and your hotel fare. You'll have to pay for some additional food, but you get a free continental breakfast. I would, not continental, a full buck breakfast buffet at the hotel and then there'll be opportunities for food along the way and uh, on the day, of course. And the cost for a single person is $235. The cost for a couple is $320. Again, that includes your bus ride and your hotel stay. And then you'll come back on the bus uh, probably about midnight, maybe 1 in the morning, you'll get back to Wadsworth. And so your car will be uh, parked over there, and Wadsworth will give you all the details of where that's at. But with me on the phone is Pastor Al Davis, who is actually going to be a coordinator on the bus with uh, Dr. Gary Dominic. Pastor, your thoughts on the trip to Washington? You looking forward to it? Well, Chris, this is exciting. And, you know, as as a veteran myself and having uh, relatives uh, that were in World War II, my father, my uncle, and others, um, it's exciting to see after 11 years how this has come to fruition and the the patience and the long suffering mm. uh, that uh, you put forward to carry this through, and then of course the fact that the I think God wanted to have some reminder there in Washington D.C. that there is a God that governs in the affairs of men, and I think that's why this is coming true. That's right. You know this great article that Carrie Byrne wrote on uh, June sixth of this year in celebration of the anniversary of D Day uh, for FoxNews.com. He interviewed with me, but he did some great research and he found out that when this was uh, when the announcement. In fact, this is the way that the president announced to the nation that the liberation of Europe was underway. He didn't say where. He, he because he didn't tell him Normandy because Hitler was still persuaded that the main force was going to land at the Palais under uh, General Patton and he had fictitious divisions built around him in England and it was a diversionary tactic and so Hitler kept the Panzer divisions up there in the Palais while the Normandy invasion was unfolding but there was still that the whole uh, battle was in doubt uh, and and so it needed prayer and so the president said I ask you to join with me in prayer. And you know, Al, this, I think, in modern times is the only time that a president has gone to the airwaves asking for the nation to pray with him. That's amazing, really, when you stop and think about it. Oh, absolutely. And and when you think of everything went into this, um, yeah, I can remember my uncle saying that he was on a B-24 bomber and they flew ahead of the D-Day invasion, pre-positioning supplies and, and armaments. And, uh, and just uh, hearing some of the stories of the veterans that had been there that uh, were on those boats as they came ashore, not knowing if they would even live to make the beach. 
and uh, and others that survived and told about uh, God's hand upon them. Um, it's it's exciting. It's a great piece of history to keep alive and to preserve for uh, our children, isn't it? It is indeed. You know, FDR starts with, last night when I came to you about the fall of Rome, I knew at that moment that troops of the United States, along with our allies, were mounting an even greater campaign, and it has come to success thus far. And I ask you to join with me in prayer. And of course, uh, Rome, of course, and the Anzio and Salerno uh, beachheads down there in Italy for six months before that was a brutal campaign. I'm actually watching an old World War II uh, movie right now about Audie Murphy. It's called To Hell and Back. And of course, he was the highly decorated soldier, started as a private. Uh, they wanted to give him a battlefield cr- commission as a lieutenant. I, I don't know if he actually finally took it, but he was awarded every medal that our military can award. And he fought uh, in North Africa. He fought in Sicily. He fought in... Um, in Italy, uh, there uh, in uh, Anzio, and then he fought in southern France. And, of course, in this movie, it talks about that in Anzio, in, in, uh, in the Italian campaign, they were keeping down five uh, Nazi divisions, crack divisions, there in the boot of Italy, which kept them away from the beachheads of France, okay? So uh, the, the work that the troops were doing in Italy was actually also keeping... Uh, five uh, major crack divisions of the Nazi forces busy in Italy. And, of course, a lot of our guys died down there in Italy. You know, my wife and I want to visit there sometime and to go to uh, the, the battlefields and actually go to the cemeteries and to remember the dead. You know, in this prayer is also a memorial because he says, Some will never return. Receive them, Father, into thy care. So, look, uh, this is a, this is a, a, a prayer that is long-lasting. It's going to be for all of our veterans, uh, past and present, for those who have served us in time of war and peace. This is a lasting tribute to them. And you know, one of the things that this author, uh, Kerry Byrne, did in this article, he did some research. There was rallies of prayer that broke out across the nation when the president went to the airwaves. There was spontaneous prayer in New York City and Chicago and all over the country, and churches opened up and people poured into the churches to pray for the success of the battle that was unfolding in Normandy. Pastor, your thoughts? Oh, you're right. It, it did prompt prayer, and I think that was one of the brilliance. Um, you know, we, we may have politically some differences with uh, President Rose, Franklin Roosevelt, but you know he understood people, and he understood the country. And he understood that there were people throughout this nation that had a strong faith in God and a strong sense of right and wrong and understood that we were fighting evil in the Nazis. And and when he put this out in the form of a prayer, I believe he understood that he was tapping in to people who would react to that and do exactly what you said pockets of prayer would break out across this country. And I, I think this is something that we've lost today, isn't it? That, that people today don't appreciate the power of prayer. And uh, even even unsaved people in days gone by would ask Christians to pray for them, because there's this un, uh, almost unwritten thing that uh, people knew that prayer worked, even if you didn't know the the Lord yourself, you knew that when others prayed, things happened. Amen. And I believe that's what we saw 
in World War II when people began to pray and God intervened. And, well, as they say, the rest is history, isn't it? Well, I'm looking at one of the pictures of a massive crowd that gathers at Madison Square Garden at the same time. And it said it's estimated that 50,000 came to Madison Square Garden to pray. Uh, and then the bells rang out also uh, at the historic North Church in Boston and all across the country as people were praying as the president encouraged people to pray. You know, he references in there, Pastor Alley said, some have said, asked me to call for a special day of prayer, but I ask that our citizens be in a continuance of prayer because the battle is long and it's going to be hard. And I ask you to, to be in a continuance of prayer. There's, there's, that's good admonishment, isn't it? Because we need to continue yeah. in the fight and continue in prayer. Your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. And you know, when we think about the spiritual battle that we're in, and Paul told the Ephesians, you know, that we fight against spiritual wickedness in high places, and as he's describing the armor of God, one of the things that he says is to stand, in meaning take a stand. And one of the things that we're supposed to do while we're standing is praying, looking to God and imploring God to to consider our situation, and to intervene, and to pray for his protection and his favor upon us. And uh, the same thought that uh, that led President Roosevelt to ask the nation to prayer back during World War II, that's what we need today. We need people to come together to pray for our nation today in the battles that we face. And I think this memorial will be useful in helping people to remember that. That's right. You know, one of the things that um, the this author writes about, he talks about the diary of Anne Frank, and it's referenced in there. And, and she said when she heard of the invasion, she knew that friends were on their way. And if you listen to the 1959 Oscar uh, winning uh, performance of the Hollywood uh, portrayal of that movie, uh, the diary of Anne Frank, there's a there's a portrayal in there when uh, they hear that the announcement of the liberation of Europe is underway, that Normandy is underway, because they hear the prayer. And it was on the BBC, and it was broadcast around the world. It's estimated over 100 million people heard this prayer. Uh, and, and, in fact, so you assume that uh, they did that. it's portrayed that they did there, and obviously she writes about it in her diary. Of course, unfortunately for that little Jewish girl, she did not live. But, you know, that's why—and to set free, the wording that FDR used, to set free a suffering humanity. Your thoughts? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and again, that's what we need today, isn't it? Prayer. Because people are suffering today. We we see the war there in Ukraine with Russia, and, and we see the conflicts that are going on in Africa and the Middle East and elsewhere in the world, and and just the plight of humanity. And were it not for prayer, it would be hopeless, wouldn't it? Uh, we need God's help. And, and again, what a reminder that prayer not only was effective in the past, it'll be effective today. Amen. Well, we needed prayer to be answered to get this done, didn't we, Pastor? Um, Absolutely. <clears throat> so we, we serve a big God. I'm reading here from Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen. Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. And also in verse 27, 
Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And the answer to that is no. And when we, when we needed two, several million dollars for the completion of this prayer, uh, the Lord gave us the promise that he would do it, and he did. Six months later came the word that the Lilly Endowment had come forward with a major grant to put us over the top and to get this prayer completed. And, of course, it's being constructed right now, and I'm getting reports from people who are visiting the site in Washington. My wife and I were there back in July, and uh, we're hearing reports about how it's progressing, and we're so thankful about that. And uh, so it will be completed by December, but we're going to celebrate it again on November 11th. So let's give the details about that again, Pastor. So then go to ddayprayerproject.org, and let us know that you're coming, and you can you can click there. And if you want to uh, take the charter bus and the hotel overnight from November 10th, it leaves uh, in the greater Akron area. Then we go down to Washington, stay the night, all day on Friday, November 11th, on the mall in Washington. We're going to take in the services of the World War II Memorial Veterans Service, the Vietnam War Memorial Service. Uh, Bill Fetter will be leading in the tour, and of course, our ceremony at 11.30 a.m., and again, the two websites are Ohio Christian Alliance and ddayprayerproject.org. What's the cost again, Pastor, for an individual and a couple? And of course, that's ohioca.org for the Ohio Christian Alliance. And the uh, cost is for a couple or, or two people sharing a room, uh, the room and bus fare, $320, or an individual, that's a hotel and bus, uh, for $235. And if you have any questions, you can give us a call at 330-887-1922. That's the offices of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Again, that's 330-887-1922. And we're going to have a great day down there on Veterans Day this year at the World War II Memorial celebrating this prayer's edition. And and then next year, we're going to have some War Memorials tour with both Dave uh, Barton and Bill Fetter, and so we'll be giving announcement about that. So we're going to continue doing this down in Washington, but this time we're going to be celebrating. We want you to join with us. Pastor, your thoughts about that? Well, let me just share a final thought. I was thinking about this as you were talking. Isn't it fitting that God chose the Ohio Christian Alliance, you, an Ohio native, an Ohio senator, and an Ohio congressman to get something that seemed impossible done when our Ohio motto is what? With God, all things are possible. Amen. Amen, Pastor. And, you know, right now there's folks uh, that might be in a difficult position. And you know what, friend? All you need is faith. You need to believe in God, and He will bring you through. If you've never called out upon Him, you need to do that. You need to call upon the Lord Jesus Christ and accept Him as your personal Lord and Savior. You know, I'm celebrating 45 years ago this last week. I accepted Jesus as my Savior. And you know what? You can too, just by calling out to Him. And if you've done that, you call us and we'll send you a Bible. And free of charge, we want to make sure that you grow as a Christian. Because it's as simple as this, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for listening, friend. We're so glad. Pastor, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Chris. And your radio program on Fridays at 1 p.m., live with Pastor Al. Don't miss that either. Thanks for joining us. God bless you all.
You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.